48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. A senior minister acknowledges that government services failed to keep up with the fifth wave of the pandemic and promises to learn lessons. Shanghai authorities report a further increase in the number of COVID deaths as overall infections ease. And in France, President Emmanuel Macron wins re-election and vows to win over those who didn't enjoy his first term. The civil service chief, Patrick Nip has admitted government services were unable to keep up with the demand as the fifth wave of the pandemic gripped Hong Kong. At a LegCo panel meeting, Mr. Nip faced questions over lengthy waits for test results and reports that some people couldn't get through to support hotlines. Mr. Nip said officials would learn from the problems they faced. The fifth wave came fast and furious, and these cases spiked exponentially. Even though we had made some preparations, for a brief period of time, we failed to cope with the demand, and which led to this time lag. And this time lag had a direct consequences and inconvenience to the public. This is an undeniable fact. We must take stock from this. I believe that on each step of the way, the each department must take a look how the mechanisms and the procedures can be enhanced. The minister said 140,000 civil servants joined anti-pandemic efforts. The president of the Chinese Manufacturers Association, Alan Shi, has urged the government to further ease travel curbs for people arriving in Hong Kong, such as easing quarantine requirements. Mr. Shi says the business sector is happy about the recent relaxations, including a raising of the threshold for banning flights on a particular route, which takes effect on Sunday. He said industries such as finance and IT will benefit, but the SAR can do more to open up. Can returning Hong Kong residents quarantine at home or stay two days in a hotel and spend the next five days at home? This can free up hotel rooms for overseas people to come to Hong Kong for work or to join exhibitions. For vaccinated non-Hong Kong residents, can we shorten quarantine to five days? Moreover, can we have a pilot border reopening with Macau so we can set an example for the nation to follow? The tourism sector lawmaker Perry Yu says he doesn't expect many leisure travellers to take advantage of a change in rules that will allow non-residents to come to Hong Kong. However, he says business travellers will help the hotel and aviation sectors. He says quarantine hotels are filling up for the next couple of months and officials should convert more hotels that are being used for community isolation. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he sees no justification for Hong Kong to maintain restrictions on people arriving in the SAR. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health says restrictions won't stop new variants entering the community. The one thing I've heard about as a reason for keeping travel measures in place is the idea of keeping maybe new variants out of Hong Kong. We've had BA2, there's now BA4, BA5 in some other parts of the world. Maybe there'll be something else in the future. But we have to recognize that the travel restrictions won't stop those new variants from getting into Hong Kong. Look at what happened with the fifth wave. BA2 got into the city pretty quickly, and it wasn't even the first opportunity that it had. So in my opinion, actually travel restrictions could be relaxed at any time. I don't think there's any justification for them at present. Government vaccine advisor Ivan Hung says the authorities can further ease or even scrap the flight suspension mechanism, saying the measure isn't meaningful unless new COVID variants appear. Professor Hung's University of Hong Kong colleague Ho Pak Lung echoed his views. He said authorities can always bring back the suspensions when there are signs of danger, such as a rise in severe COVID cases. 
Shanghai officials reported 51 deaths from COVID-19 yesterday, the highest daily total in this wave of infections, even as overall infection numbers showed further signs of easing. Wendy Wong has details. The Shanghai Municipal Health Commission said all of the people who died were chronically ill and more than 70% were aged above 80. Most of them were unvaccinated, the commission added. Its deputy director, Zhao Dandan, said authorities would conduct another round of testing in targeted areas tomorrow as the financial hub strives to pursue a dynamic zero strategy. Authorities have reported 39 deaths on Saturday. Overall, Shanghai recorded 16,983 new local asymptomatic cases, down from 19,657 a day earlier. But total symptomatic infections reached 2,472, up from 1,401. Meanwhile, the National Health Commission reported 2,666 local symptomatic infections and 17,528 asymptomatic cases nationwide. The co-founder of the Occupy movement, Penny Tai, has pled guilty to illegal election spending in the run-up to the 2016 LegCo poll. The charges relate to newspaper advertising promoting his Thunder Go plan, which sought to coordinate voters in the hope that the pan-democratic camp could win a majority in the legislature. The district court heard that Ty's $253,000 spending was illegal because he was neither a candidate nor a candidate's agent. He'll be sentenced next month. Two directors of the company through which the ads were placed had also been charged, but prosecutors allowed them to be bound over. Overseas, the French President Emmanuel Macron said he will be a president for everyone after he was re-elected for a second term in office. In his victory speech to crowds at the Eiffel Tower, he acknowledged that many people had abstained or had voted for him only to block his far-right rival, Marine Le Pen. He also acknowledged those who had voted against him. And I know that for many of our fellow citizens who today chose to vote for the far right, I know that they are angry and that's what led them to vote for that manifesto. And of course we need to find a response to that and that will be my responsibility as well as the responsibility of the people around me. Marine Le Pen has admitted defeat, but said her party's standing had sent a strong message to the world that the French wanted a different future. I have no resentment today, no rancor. We have been buried a thousand times, and a thousand times history has proved wrong what they predicted or hoped for, our disappearance. Regarding this defeat, I cannot help but feel a form of hope. The French are manifesting this evening the wish for a strong counterpower to that of Emmanuel Macron. Western leaders have rushed to congratulate President Macron on his re-election. The outcome caused immense relief in Europe after fears a Le Pen presidency would leave the continent rudderless following Brexit and the departure of German Chancellor Angela Merkel. EU President Charles Michel said the bloc can now count on France for five more years. An MP from Mr. Macron's party, La République en Marche, Anne Jeannette, says they're worried that over 40% of the vote went to the far right. It's not easy, and we are really worried that uh, that many, uh, like 42% of the uh, voters now, uh, uh, go with the, the, the extreme far right. Uh, yes, that's really worrying, and we really have to try to get back in touch, to, to go back to the ground, and to talk to those who, who fear for their future. 
The German vice chancellor has said it was a mistake that his country did not support Ukraine militarily much earlier. Robert Habeck said the support should have started years ago. He said Ukraine was fighting a war that defended Europe's freedom. Is Ukraine fighting for itself and we are helping it? Or is Ukraine fighting a war for us that defends the freedom of Europe as well? I think the latter is the clear answer that Germany has already given and must continue to give. Mr. Habeck said Germany was now helping supply Ukraine with heavy weaponry. Fighting has continued in eastern and southern Ukraine with no let-up in the violence for Orthodox Easter. Russian forces again bombarded the huge steelworks in Mariupol, where Ukrainian combatants and civilians are holding out. President Volodymyr Zelensky's office has said the president has met U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in Kiev. Ivana Klimpush Tsinsadze is a Ukrainian MP. It's not only from the Americans, it's from the whole Western community that we would like to ensure that there is a full military backing of Ukraine. Today we are on the forefront of this uh, fight and so therefore we would expect that everybody is sending us the heavy weaponry. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has spoken of an arc of autocracy challenging the rules-based order as thousands gathered across Australia and New Zealand for Anzac Day, which honors military personnel. Mr. Morris paid tribute to Ukrainians currently resisting Russians' military onslaught. But our world is changing. War does strike Europe again. Coercion troubles our region once more. An arc of autocracy is challenging the rules-based order our grandparents had secured. And democratic free peoples are standing together again. In facing this world, we must remember again. It is only then that we truly appreciate what these times require of us all. It's the first time in two years that Australia has been able to hold full-scale Anzac Day services after COVID restrictions were eased. Slovenia's new green center-left freedom movement has won the parliamentary election. Preliminary results show that the freedom movement secured more than a third of the vote in yesterday's election. The BBC's Guy Deloney has more. A high turnout on election day brought a comfortable victory for the freedom movement. Its leader, Robert Golob, will be Slovenia's new prime minister. He said the result showed that Slovenians really want change and that his party will work to justify their trust. That will involve undoing some of the moves which Prime Minister Janusz Janša made during his two years in power. Last week's report by the Human Rights Monitor Freedom House warned of declining democratic standards. It said Mr Janša had sidelined Parliament and attacked the media, judiciary and civil society organisations. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,062. That's 577 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $66.7 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 128.34 to the end. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and seven cents. And the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and four cents. And to sport, we start with football and the English Premier League's Merseyside Derby. Salah flicks it into the box, Origi, Origi back to Salah, across the area, back post, header! it's there, Robertson is there, the headed Gowden in, volley across, Origi heads it in, 2-0 Liverpool, and that's the derby done. Liverpool's 2-0 win over Everton is a result, with big implications at both the top and bottom of the table. Liverpool moved back to just a point behind the leaders, Manchester City, and with Burnley winning 1-0 against the Wolves, 
Everton are in the relegation zone. Let's hear from Andy Robertson, who got the first goal for Liverpool. I knew Jots could jump high, but not quite that high. And, uh, you know, it looked as if Seamus Coleman was going to, you know, go and try and challenge Jots. So I knew I would potentially have a free header at the back post and was just about trying to keep my composure and put it in the back of the net. And, you know, luckily I managed it because... I've been waiting five years to score a goal at the cop end and, um, you know, incredible feeling to score it in a derby and, um, yeah, towards a, towards a massive three points, more importantly. Despite being in the bottom three now, the Everton boss, Frank Lampard, said his side showed what they need to do to stay in the top flight. Away from home, yeah, there's been some performances that I haven't been happy with and today has to be a template, the attitude, the organisation of the team that has to stay, that has to stay. I've come in here, you work on a lot of things to get the instant turnaround is not always easy. All we need to do now is look at the job in hand, which is six huge games. Burnley made it back-to-back wins with a 1-0 success over Wolves at Turf Moor. Burnley's interim manager, Mike Jackson, says his team needs to keep moving in the right direction. The group of players, the way they've come together, all the staff, and then adding to that with the crowd, the response that they've given us and kept us going. It's been a good week, but listen, we just need to keep going, don't come off stuff. Keep trying to improve, keep trying to get better. Third place Chelsea got past West Ham United 1-0 thanks to a late goal from Christian Pulisic. Brighton and Southampton drew 2-all. In Spain, Barcelona suffered a third consecutive uh, home defeat for the first time in a single season. Their 1-0 loss to Rayo Vallecano puts Real Madrid on the brink of a title. With the latest from La Liga and Serie A, the BBC's Andy Barwell. Barcelona were beaten 1-0 tonight in their latest match at home to Real Vallecano, so Real Madrid can wrap up another Spanish La Liga title in their next match by avoiding defeat. Alvaro Garcia scored on seven minutes for Real, who now looks safe, ten points clear of the relegation places. AC Milan returned to the top of Italy's Serie A with a dramatic added time victory for over Lazio. Substitute Zlatan Ibrahimovic set up Sandro Tonelli to score in a 2-1 success. And it leaves AC Milan two points clear at the top, but having played one game more than their local rivals Inter Milan. Napoli in third, they were beaten 3-2 at Empoli. While Salernitana and Genoa were winners today, and they're now just three points from safety. Genoa had a 1-0 success over Cagliari, who are hovering just above the drop zone. And taking a look at the weather, hot with sunny periods and isolated showers. Moderate southerly winds, the outlook hot with sunny periods and one or two showers in the next few days. It will be windy with more showers early next week. The temperature at the observatory now is 31 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 64%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A senior minister acknowledges that government services failed to keep up with the fifth wave of the pandemic and promises to learn lessons. Shanghai authorities report a further increase in the number of COVID deaths as overall infections ease. And in France, President Emmanuel Macron wins re-election and vows to win over those who didn't enjoy his first term. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. Hope you've had a lovely weekend and nice to see, see things getting back to normal as far as normal can be. The month of April has been International Awareness Month for IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome. And my guest today after 1.30 will be naturopath Philip Watkins from the Integrated Medicine Institute. We'll be talking about symptoms, treatment and the impact on well-being for those who have IBS. And then after 2 p.m., I look into some interesting facts and figures about the very essential item in your pocket, your telephone. It is actually National Telephone Day today in the USA. And you know me, I like to kind of look at these national days and decide whether or not I should go for them. And this one, the telephone one, I'm going to pick it up, all right? Now, that's the last of the 